really hungry, okay? You've gone a long time without eating. Your stomach is just growling. You're just longing for food. And then you ate. You ate something really good. How did it taste? Pretty incredible, right? God provides us all that we have in this life. Everything's a gift from him. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And we're praying, God, give us what we need to get by from day to day as far as the food and sustenance that we need. He provides that. It's really interesting as you look at the Lord's Prayer. Everything deals with spiritual matters. I mean, the disciples asked Jesus, how should we pray? And you break down that prayer and it deals with all these heavenly matters, eternal matters. And then we come to give us this day our daily bread. And I used to think that that was just focusing on physical bread. We're praying not just for ourselves, but for everybody in the world. But the more I look into this, I realize that's only a small part of it. There's a more important bread that Jesus desires for us to partake of. And I want to talk about that this evening. We see the topic of bread throughout Scripture. In fact, for the, um, the Israelites, as they were going you know, through the wilderness of sin, what did God do? He miraculously provided what was called manna, a bread-like substance that allowed them to have what they needed to get by from day to day. They truly understood what it meant Give us this day our daily bread, because God provides just what they needed. In Matthew, when Jesus was tempted by Satan, we read, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man does not live on bread just bread or food alone, there's a more important sustenance we need. What comes from the mouth of God and fulfilled in Christ. I want us to turn to John 6. Take out a Bible. I want you all to take out a Bible and choir. I've set some Bibles on your chairs. And I want us to take a look into a section of Scripture which lays out for us what it means that Jesus is the bread of life. So on page 1657, 1657. John chapter 6, starting at verse 25. 1657. So we're going to take a look into the Word of God. Every time we open up this Word and start reading, God speaks to us through these words. These are His words. John 6, 25, it says, When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Now, Jesus had miraculously fed a lot of people. And he's addressing a group of people here who are following him for the wrong reasons. They're following him because they feel that he can provide their earthly needs. 
They want him to become an earthly ruler and take care of all their worldly problems. That's the first group of people. We see three different groups in this section. So those that are seeking God only for worldly things. In fact, let's be honest. If you were to analyze your prayer life, what things do you pray for? And so often, the content of our prayers is so much about what? Worldly things. Again, Jesus shows us in the prayer he gave us, those are secondary to eternal things. And so he's kind of laying out that I've got something better for you than that worldly bread. Something far better. It goes on in verse 28. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? So another group was all about works, all about laws. They wanted Jesus to give them directives, give them um, laws and regulations and rituals to follow. And so saying, what kind of work are we supposed to do? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. That is a completely strange teaching for them. For a lot of the Jewish people at that time, they're all about rules and regulations and laws. And Jesus says, what you need to do is just believe in me. The works you do aren't going to do it. They're going to fall short. Just believe in me. And so we got the group that's focusing on the worldly stuff, a group focusing on laws, rules, regulations, rituals. Verse 30. So they asked him, what miraculous signs then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert as written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. It was my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So the third group is about entertainment, about amusement. They want to see miraculous signs. They want to see a show. You know, so often in the world today, a lot of people are all about being entertained, all about amusement, all about just watching things you know, on TV, their computers, and get lost in that type of life. And Jesus says, you know what? I've got something better for you. To each group, he says, I have something way better for you. Verse 34. So they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none that he has given me, but raise him up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. I will raise him up at the last day. This is very clear about what God's will is. What is God's will? Our salvation. That we all dwell with God forever. And we can't do it ourselves. That's the purpose for which Jesus came. God in human form coming to this earth to rescue us. 
A lot of people, as they go through the Gospels, they kind of feel that the Gospel that Jesus shares is one that seems to sometimes attach itself to works. It's not the case at all. It's very clear here. It's nothing at all about our works. It's all about the works that Jesus came to do for us. Yes, works that we do are important, not for our salvation, but response to love that Jesus Jesus shows to us. Verse 41. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It's written in the prophets. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. He who what? Believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is a bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. At this point, these guys are getting very confused. In fact, we see in verse 52, when the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, how can this man give us flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. This is probably one of the most difficult sections of Scripture for people to understand. A lot of people take it literally. There's different beliefs about the Lord's Supper. There are some who believe it's a very symbolic thing. You you eat bread and wine and just kind of remember what Jesus did. There are some who believe that when the priest, for example, says the words of institution, that bread and wine literally turns into what? the body and blood of Christ. And they kind of use this, they feel, as a proof text. Our belief is that Jesus is truly present in the Lord's Supper. How he's there is a mystery to us. But the very John who wrote these words is also the John who wrote Revelation. In some sections of Scripture, you cannot take literally. You have to look at the deeper meaning of what he's saying. Flesh and blood. What is John saying? The God of the universe came into this world in human form. He took on human flesh. And what he is saying is that we need to partake of this event in our lives. We need to take it in in faith. We need to embrace this, that God became human for us. Blood? See, we think of blood as death. 
for the people at that time, they viewed blood as life. The life is in the blood. That Jesus gave his life. And because of that, we will have life eternal. That he died on the cross for our sins, and we are to partake of that, to take it into ourselves. In a few short minutes, we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper. And I know this, that we're taking the bread and wine, and if I was to die after I took the Lord's Supper, they did an autopsy, I mean, they're not going to find some foreign substance, body and blood in me. They'll find bread and wine. But I do believe this, that in that bread and wine, Jesus is present. He's there. We are partaking of his very presence. And assured of the fact our sins are forgiven. What Jesus accomplished is shared with us. We are partaking of that. That through his flesh and blood, that coming in this world for us, that we have forgiveness of sins. Now something interesting happens after Jesus says these words. Verse 66. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. We can, who can accept it? Where the disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He wanted to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. Now, verse 66. In fact, it's kind of interesting. Look at John 6, 6, 6. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. He lays out this beautiful teaching. He lays out that he's got the answer for life and eternity. Their salvation is a free gift from him to them. But yet they choose to walk away from him. Why? Because they chose worldly things. Why? Because they wanted rules and laws and rituals. Why? Because they wanted entertainment and miracles. They missed out. Then 67. You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. They're the only ones left now. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Powerful words. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Those 12 disciples are starting to get it. You see, there's something that Jesus wants with us. A relationship. A relationship now a relationship forever. There's a feast taking place. The feast of the Lord's Supper. This is spiritual food right here. This is the words of God. It's laid out here for us. If we are starving spiritually, whose fault is it? It's our own. We need to keep our focus on Jesus. He's the answer for life. He's the answer for eternity. You think about eating. Most of us need three square meals a day, and sometimes we have more than that. Okay? That's for physical existence. What's more important? Our spiritual existence. To be in the Word of God, to be in worship, to be in prayer, to partake of the sacraments. 
to be fed regularly spiritually in the process, we are blessed. That's what's most important in this life. You know, you are the Monday Thursday crowd. And to me, you are like the 12, okay? You are the faithful. You are here on this beautiful spring evening when you could be out there. You've come to partake of this amazing sacrament. I saw an article this morning um, about what's happening in Canada as far as um, people's spiritual beliefs in Christianity. It said that one, 20% of Canadians are committed to their churches. 30% believe they're Christian, but they are not associated with any type of church. They're just kind of doing it on their own. Another 30% are just kind of trying to figure things out in life. They're not really sure if they believe or not. And 20% are atheists. And it kind of broke my heart when I saw that. You know, think about what Jesus offers. And think about what the world offers. Is there any comparison? To whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? Jesus has the words and is the word of eternal life. My friends, let's feast on that fact. Let's partake of the bread of life. And we will never, never go hungry. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, sometimes we chase too hard after worldly things. Sometimes we get too wrapped up in rituals and laws and regulations. Maybe sometimes we get too wrapped up in entertainment and amusement. But Lord, help us to realize that what really matters is what you bring to us and what you brought to us and what you fulfilled for us and you've made alive in your word Lord, help us not to go hungry. The meal is always before us, your word, and partake in the sacrament and worship. And Lord, help us to be filled with your presence more. You desire a deeper relationship with each one of us. I pray that during these days, as we make this journey through Holy Week, we are brought closer and closer to you. And in turn, you will use us to bring others to you as well. We pray this in your name. Amen.